Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yo, 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 everyone. The Yonko table has set sail yet again, this time not into the open seas, but into the realm of the multiverse. But this is not about Doctor Strange. No siree, it is not about Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. That's in a couple weeks. This podcast, this episode of the Yonko Table is here to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. As you can see, I have the Everything Bagel to commemorate this event. And this is very exciting. I love Everything Bagel. So when I saw an Everything Bagel in the film, oh, my mind was set. So we are going to deep dive this movie. We're going to do our best to do it because I feel like this movie is something where you probably need to watch a couple times to properly dissect it. But uh, hey, we're here. And we're going to get fed at the Yonko table. But with me, as always, is fellow Yonko, Grandmaster Who? Grandmaster, is, is that Rakakuni in the background? No, that's Ratatouille. Oh, Ratatouille. Right. I, I remember it was Rakakuni, though. Well, as in the movie, she was pretty adamant that it was a raccoon, not a rat. And then it just so happened it was just some kind of leak i guess that she got from the other universe to where it was or but it wasn't even a movie it was a person in a restaurant it was harry shum jr uh right either way that was probably i thought that was the most i love ratatouille so any mention of ratatouille is great for me but this was a god tier joke and oh, it was it went that fight gag. I loved it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm here to try to deep dive this and get it wherever this takes us with everything everywhere all at once. So yeah, I'm ready. We are ready. We're gonna do our best. But also to help us dissect this film, we have Supernovas with us here today. Rose the Crafter. Hello, it's Tangelo. Hi, I'm Dr. Rika from the Yonko Table, and you're not watching Disney Channel. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's deep dive this. I, I guess before we officially deep dive it, I do want to ask the question, um, how much of this movie did you guys know about before going in? Because uh, I, I feel like that's a, a very important um aspect to the film which by the way uh for, for our listeners that are listening to this episode i think i speak for everyone when we highly recommend try and go in with the least amount of information as possible um go in blind a little bit don't listen to this podcast right now go watch it then come back then listen 
and then we'll welcome you in open arms at the table. But uh, yeah, I, I do want to uh, put that out there. You know, how much did you guys know about the film? Because I could tell you the most I knew was that it was multiverse, but that's it. I didn't know anything else outside of that. I didn't know where the film was going to go. I didn't know what type of genres it was going to tackle. I just... That, all I knew was that the main actress from Shang-Chi was in there, the aunt, the auntie. And bam, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to see this. But um, yeah, how much did you uh, did everyone know about the movie, movie before going in? So I'm sorry, I'm going to start because Go ahead. I, I really love this film, right? And I think, um, I do want to point out, I think contextually for me, there's a lot of history, I feel like. Like, I didn't know much about the plot, but I understood the significance of like, we have a very unique Asian cast that's going to like do this. And like, I think I saw a couple of interviews because the whole thing that was like really big deal was like, wait, that's the like, wait, that's the guy from Indiana Jones and the Goonies. Like, yes. that's like, that's him again. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, people were talking about, and I think I was just watching interviews or just things of how like, oh, but I was watching, I watched it um, with, again, with some of that context with the Asian, you know, Asian Americans and whatnot, um, or just like Asian folk in general. Um, but I had, I had the chance to do the early screening, um, by accident, um, we did actually with a friend in and March? yeah, I watched it in March. So I was wow. in my trip, my PhD visit in Colorado and I was with a friend and I needed just to take, you know, just relax. And so we had a moment where I was like, let's watch a movie. And I was like, Oh, everything, everywhere, all of us is playing. And long ago, that was like the only day it was playing. Like the way, when we looked at movies, it was like, that was like, it was just playing that day. And then it was funny cause we left and we were like, holy like oh my god that was amazing um and she was like i want to take my friends to it and then she realized she was like wait i can't there's no showings until like april so yeah i think for me you know to answer the question though, was like it was it was actually like i had like again knowledge about the, the actors because it was a big deal in our like asian community but like other than that um that's really it yeah i think i saw like one trailer uh and I, you know michelle you very recognizable uh, face and she's uh, pretty great in what she's been in so um, and then I, I when I saw the trailer I didn't really pay attention but I do pay attention to A24 A24 that's been, the production studio right. that's the weird one <laughs> right it's like yeah those weird films with like some kind of deeper message or maybe some kind of uh, you know thought provoking horror going on but um, um, they did show the trailer for men that was the first time I saw uh, the trailer in theaters. It made me more excited to go Men? see it. Men, it- yes. The The title is called Men. It's an A24. Yeah. It's uh, Alex oh, Garland's a- next film. He's the director of Annihilation. Yes. I've not seen it. It's, you no, know, I haven't seen it either. It has a lot of horror vibes. I get a lot of Get Out stuff from it, you know, oh. like Jordan Peele. It looks really good. I, anyways, I just wanted to mention that because that was the first time I saw it in theaters, uh, the trailer. I, I, I did see the trailer before that, but this is the first time I saw it in theaters, which I guess it fits the theme because, like you said, this was an A24 production film, so they showed an A24 production trailer right beforehand. So I thought that was cool. Well, I saw a trailer uh, in theater as well, and that was literally the only... That was the first time in the... Really the only time that I saw anything related to it heavily up until close to release, me personally. Now that could be due to me being kind of focused in on one thing. So I was pretty busy and not consuming media at such a rate. 
Um, but I also felt like you had to, if you jumped in the rabbit hole, then you could find out more. But I felt like it wasn't as marketed or as clear cut as normal films or bigger films tend to be, especially coming from A24. So for me, at least for me, I didn't see any of that. Um, but I was hooked literally from the first trailer. When I saw the first trailer, I'm like, what the freak is going on here? And it just stuck in my mind. So when it came back around months later, I'm like, I got to go check this out before I even heard anything. I was like, I just need to check it out. And then I heard the hype. Is it just me or I feel that was part of the marketing? A24, I feel most of the trailers I ever see are through social media and like, that's it. And I feel that's part of their marketing. They really do want you to go in more blind and really kind of want that word of the mouth kind of publicity. Uh, because honestly, I I saw the trailer, but Rose, it wasn't until you were mentioning it, and then Tangelo, I think you were mentioning it too, that I was like, okay, uh, maybe this would be worth a watch. And then, uh, yeah, and then that's why I went and saw it because word of the mouth, and that was before it even came out yet. Like we were talking about, when does it come out? When does it come out? And we gave, I think we all collectively gave no explanation. We're just like, wow, right? Go, just go see it. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I'm glad. I'm glad nothing else was said about the film. Um, I don't think any of us can really fathom what we looked at in that cinematic experience. <laughs> Even when we dive into it today, I feel like at least me, I'm still going to be like putting the pieces together for a while. So, oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I'll just say it now. I was awake for the everything. Oh, here we go. I was right. in and out I don't of hear everywhere. It but I saw all at once. So we're good, we're okay. Oh, wait, wait, God. wait, what part were you out? I was in and out during everywhere. <laughs> That's the best part. I know, that was like the <laughs> emotional crux. And yes, we're okay, just continue. I gotta throw it out there now. I really tried, I really tried. I'm sure you did, yes. And, uh, well, Captain Falcon, me and her watched it together and she didn't even wanna go watch it and she, <laughs> She came out with more knowledge and information than I did. It's okay. I'm going to be fine. You're going to help me piece it together. Yeah, yeah we're going to answer some questions for you today. Okay. Right. That's right. That's right. I mean, well, I like how the title itself plays into the film, like this, how it tells the story, right? So the first title is part one, everything, right? Uh, which it fit the theme of what was going on in the very beginning. Um, Sandra Yo's character, she is what she owns a laundromat. She's a um, a Chinese uh, ch Chinese immigrant, and she's running a laundromat up to her eyeballs and bills, struggling very very much with life. Um, and then you have uh, what's his name? Oh, Wayman, Wayman, Wayman. I meant Michelle Yo. My bad. That's racist. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't know her Do by not. name. Y'all stop it. Just go Evelyn. That's the character's name. Evelyn. 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 I remember Evelyn. Um, <laughs> I realized who I was referring to. Yeah, you're referring to Sandra O. <laughs> Sandra right. O. <laughs> right. It's okay. Keep going. Evelyn Anyways, and Wayman. Evelyn and Wayman, they're running a laundromat and what? They are struggling with bills. Um barely keeping up with their what their their taxes they want to open a new store too they want to expand 
they want to get an expansion and um I swear I forgot his name, but I know this guy. It's it's the uh, Gong Gong, right? In the yep, oh, Gong the Gong, grandpa, yep. the grandpa, the grandpa, James Hong, James Hong. I love James this Hong. guy. Yeah. Oh, he's he, he's everywhere. Yeah. He's everywhere. Literally, literally everywhere. Um, this was probably the only part of the movie that I actually like prior to watching it that I saw in terms of like what I saw in trailers. Like, oh, this is uh. Uh, because I even have a coworker that is debating on whether or not to see it. And they said that th from their perspective, all they knew about the movie was it seemed to be more like a drama um, where it's like a, an Asian American family struggling with the American dream and, you know, stuff like that. He didn't know anything about multiverse, about, you know, some of the comedy bits that it gets into. And he was asking me, you know, uh, should I go watch this movie? What is it about? And I literally told him, go in with, what we just said earlier go in with what you know and that's it don't look up reviews don't look up synopsis don't go in just go in watch it you're gonna be i feel like he'll be impressed i'll probably talk with this about him tomorrow because i think he's going to see it soon but um anyways uh how did you guys think about part one did you feel like it did like a a good setup of all the characters um you know establishing the relationships between uh what what's the daughter's name again? I know her evil name, uh, Jobu Tabaki. Uh, oh, but what's a good job? Yeah, well, <laughs> I can remember that. Oh no, I was trying to say it the whole time. I couldn't get it. Yeah, the Wait, Dr. Rika, Joy. Joy, okay. Joy, Joy. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. How, how how did everyone feel about part one? Um, in, in establishing the characters. Did I unmute myself? There we go. Sorry, my cat is knocking over books. <laughs> um, that is a cat. That's what a cat does. Yes. So as far as like, just quickly answer before I jump into the first part. Uh, so I also, I knew of it. I've listened to a lot of movie podcasts. So listen to a lot of like countdown or best things to watch in 2022 and things to look forward to, et cetera. So I'd heard a lot of hype, but didn't really know a lot purposefully. Like you all have already shared, like people don't look up things, just go in and watch it. Uh, so I only watched one trailer, but regardless, as far as the setup, I think I actually kind of appreciated that they just went in guns blazing. Like there didn't feel like, I think at times for some sci-fi movies or when they're trying to set up a whole universe, in this case, multiverse, there can be a tendency to really slowly integrate people into this new world and how it works. And here it was just like, we're going 100 miles per hour immediately. Um, so I actually really appreciated that. I think it was overwhelming, but in a way that that kept me kind of on my toes. Um, so I, I appreciate it too, the different chapters, and I think they're all meaningful in their own ways, which I imagine we'll get to. But I actually really liked the setup of just like, she's as confused as we are. And there's an element of like, really being almost in Evelyn's shoes of like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on, but neither does she. And so we're just kind of learning together rather than there was a lot of exposition, but it didn't feel like dumpy. Like some movies can just kind of yes. dump it all on you and you're trying to figure it out. It's just like, here's a little piece along the way as she's learning, you are learning rather in learning and doing like she's in the midst of it as we're trying to kind of put the pieces together, which I actually really appreciate it. Right. That's like that, um, that third, that third level, uh, 4D dimensional type of filmmaking because you know she was going so much back and forth in the beginning with especially with Wayman 
from the other universe, you know? And then, you know, he showed her how to put herself on autopilot. And then like when they're in the closet and then she's, then she's like back at the meeting and she's like not listening to Jamie Lee Curtis telling her why uh, this audit is not going well for her and whatnot. So I, I really like that too. It's, it's, it is a lot, but it's like purposefully a lot. So you can just, yeah, kind of just like this. It's everything. It's legit everywhere. It's legit yeah. everywhere. It's setting the tone. It's setting right. the tone. No, I, and, and I 100% agree. Um, I feel like that sense of being a little bit overwhelming, I feel like it was more intentional uh, rather than accidental. Um, just because it, I feel like the filmmakers did want you to be in the shoes of Evelyn. Um, you know, seeing all those receipts, those invoices that she has to keep track of and, um, just, you know, managing her marriage, managing her relationship with, uh, her daughter and also the father that <laughs> she's trying to impress that <laughs> never seems satisfied with anything that she does. Um, but I, I had no idea Jamie Lee Curtis was in this movie. She is unrecognizable, first of all. I, I knew it was her when I saw you the trailer. Recognize she her. has a definitive she face. She has a wig on. Look, no, no, man. I'm telling you, she you knew that up, was her. Stop. She stop. switched up her voice, too, because in the trailer, I knew it was her. But then watching her, I I had to kept telling myself, that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, no. Phenomenal <laughs> acting job. Definitely. Oh, hands down. Very good. Right, you know, definitely. you know how I get those back there? You order them? <laughs> No, no. Oh, I, I guess behind me is bagels. Uh, no, the the, the audit rewards. That's yeah, not... yeah, I'm messing with you. Yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my God. No, Jamie Lee Curtis was, was great. Um, I mean, she's great in almost everything that I've seen her in. So no surprise there. Um, as expected, she, she, she did her job. Um, but uh, yeah, once they started introducing the sci-fi element, that's where I really got invested where, because like with Evelyn's character, um, I was trying to piece things together too. Cause every little mm -hmm. bit that um, uh, Waveman would try to feed us, Evelyn wasn't eating it up right away. She would be like, what, what are you talking about? I don't understand. And I was kind of in the same boat too, because yeah. I was like, that's, that's a lot to digest. I have a lot of questions. You're speaking very fast. A multiverse. <laughs> You're mm -hmm. not my husband. You're my husband from another multiverse. Oh my God. Uh, the, the back and forth they had with each other where he kept swapping in and out, which by the way, um, phenomenal acting on uh, what's a, a short round. I, I, I remember him as short round. What was short? What's his name? What's I was looking up how to pronounce his name because he, I think he doesn't go by Jonathan anymore. Okay. And it was Jonathan Kekwan, I think that's how you pronounce it. Now he just goes by Kekwan. And I was looking up how to pronounce it, but yes. Uh, let's call him Jonathan. He used Jonathan. To I, don't, I think he still goes by Jonathan. It, it says also known as Jonathan. Also, okay, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Well, well, Jonathan, I feel like because hasn't there been a gap in acting from when he used significant, to be? Significant mm -hmm. gap. So, I, so what was the last one? Um, I mean, just looking at uh, some movie called Red Pirate, which was a Hong Kong movie. And, and then, oh, I'm sorry. Second time around, which was another Hong Kong movie. That's 2002. Wow. And then he did a movie in 2021. And then he did this. 
So yeah, that's insane. Well, he came but, back in. But he's also, and this is crazy too. He's like a stunt coordinator. Uh, that's why he wasn't appearing in movies. I think he was just doing stunt coordinating for movies. Uh, wow, okay. And it shows clearly because this man can kick ass. This was, <laughs> you know, the more I see well choreographed, uh, like well done choreography, uh, fight choreography in movies, I get more and more annoyed every time we go out to see a Marvel film where there's action uh. all the time and action in every movie. And I am just so, this is a multi-billion dollar franchise. And we're still seeing this half-assed choreography where I'm just bored in my seat. And I'm like, come on, man, Disney, invest, invest in your stuff. Well, maybe, the, maybe they'll take notes, sprinkle of Marvel in this movie, so. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. He made a fanny pack, a weapon of destruction. That you was know. awesome. He put like little uh, aquarium pellets in there to like increase the weight, I guess. <laughs> oh, I, I was very much invested in that fight scene. Like, mind you, this is all part one. This, this is, is everything. All this is all part, part one. one. This is everything. It's showing you everything. everything. Right, right, right. Um, at any point, did you guys get lost? Like, did you feel like, um, okay, maybe this part of the. Uh, the part one, everything. Well, I know Grandmaster was lost because <laughs> uh, uh, not in everything. I was I was fine in everything. I was good. Um, I thought I thought you fell asleep in everything. The only the only thing I had to really no, I was I was in and out during everywhere. Okay. The only thing I had to keep reminding myself too, I was like, oh my gosh, they are still in this uh, what the IRS building? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I like had to keep telling myself. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is one setting. They have not left this building. Everything. The only time they left the building is if she went and jumped into another yep. Yep, virus. Right. Right. So I had to keep reminding myself that. But no, I was it, it's very um easy to follow despite all the crazy insaneness. I thought I was following just fine. You know? I mean it's like doc it's like Dr. Rika said, you're you're kinda on the same pace that uh Evelyn's in, in my opinion. Right. So even though you're lost, you kind of understand it because the character's lost too. So you're like on the same level as the character um, at this part, and actually throughout the whole movie. No, I just want to make a. Oh, go ahead, Tangela. Yeah, I just want to make a side point because uh, I'm trying to jump in, but it's like I don't want to interrupt. But like, um, back, just really quick to Kihu Kwan, I think. Kuei Kwan, but yeah, anyways, Jonathan as you've been calling him, but I think it's by Ki. But okay. Um, there's been, re I've been watching a lot of interviews about this movie. And so for him, I just want to point out that you're saying like, oh, like he hasn't been in movies. He's like outwardly spoken about how it was actually Crazy Rich Asians that has inspired him to get back into acting. Oh, really? And about how, what has happened was that like, after he did, in, I think, I think it was Indiana, I, forget, oh, I don't know which was first, the Goonies, Indiana Jones. Indiana he Jones felt, was first. Indiana Jones was first and then it was Goonies, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So after that role or like at period of time, he started realizing that as an Asian American, like he wasn't going to be able to get a lot of great roles. So he kind of gave up on acting and did other things on the, like, did, it sounds like stunt queer, all this stuff. But it was because, and he talked about this in interviews. He said he watched Crazy Rich Asians and said, oh my gosh, like there are roles for me now again. And so he talked to his agent and his agent, was, or he talked to a friend he knew as an agent, I think it's the story. And um, he became his agent. And then they found this role for him. And he was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Um, and then Michelle Yeoh, a very similar story where she had a situation where she 
um, met the Daniels or something happened where she got the script. And when you watch the interview, there's an interview where, it, and it's been passed around like on Twitter, at least some Asian academics that I follow and stuff like that. Um, there's a clip where she gets super teary-eyed at the end because she talks about how like, she starts tearing up because she, she says like, I saw this script and I just like felt so emotional. And then in the interview, she like pauses and she you know, collects herself and explains that like, I have been waiting for this script all my life because now I can show people that like, I am emotional, I am funny. I am dramatic because again, I think there's a whole level and I, you know, it makes me think too, like how, you know, Shang-Chi is always only like that role for her did only so much, but like, this was a fully fledged out movie, right? Of like, it was very comedic, very like emotional, very like action heavy too. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to like point out some of the context. We're talking about the actors and like, oh yeah, like Ki Kwan, um, and I'm pronouncing his own, but like, I know that he, yeah, has explicitly pointed out that like, this was a big deal for him because yeah, it was his first movie back since watching Christian Agents. Um, and then for Michelle Yeoh, she's explicitly stated how like, oh yeah, this was like a big deal for her because she hasn't felt like, you know, she's been able to perform like this ever, you know, because of the roles that exist in Hollywood. Yeah, I've seen some of the same interviews and there was a lot of meaning behind the fact that uh, Michelle was in Crazy Rich Asians as well. And so there was this kind of overlap in terms of um, just some of the cast and actually being inspired and enough and then getting to work with her and whatnot. So I did see a lot of that too. And I think it really goes to show, and I imagine we'll get around to it, that some of the themes in terms of like family, uh, generational trauma, et cetera, that we've seen it a lot more often, but also present in a variety of cultures and in films recently. Um, so I'm so glad that they decided to, to hop on to the film itself and that the Daniels also kind of threw their hat in the ring and, and believed in this. Cause they're only, this is only their second film. Their first film was right. Army Man. Beyond that, yeah. they're, they were really involved in a lot of like music video making, if I'm not mistaken. So the fact that, you know, this worked out in this way and that it is being so well received, I think is a really great thing. And the hope is that stories like this that are creative, but also incorporate a lot of, excuse me, different people continue because it was so wildly creative. And I don't know if in a, any other sense it would have worked um, for something to be like basically an indie production too, that this isn't a Marvel film. It's not connected to IP. There are ideas that are certainly inspired but they also take it a little beyond kind of what we see in a lot of the, the franchises more recently or even action films more recently. Um, so yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up though. You know, funny enough, we're, we're kind of talking about Marvel a little bit. There was that uh, interview where, um, the I think it's a duo, right? That wrote and direct this, directed this movie. Um, mm -hmm, the Daniels. The Daniels, is that the Yeah, name? that's what they're called, the Daniels. Okay. The Daniels. Or the Dans, or Daniels, the Dan Daniels, sorry, yes. <laughs> um, there was an interview uh, that they had, like, within the last week or two, they said that they were originally approached for work on Loki, uh, the TV series, and they turned it down. It's not like Marvel turned them down. They, they turned down Marvel. Uh, and I think one of the reasons that they said was because... Um, they felt limited, constrained by whatever Marvel wanted to do with Loki. And I feel like that kind of goes back to what Dr. Rico was saying. This movie was very creative. 
Um, it tried to, it, it basically tackled the multiverse, but I feel like they did it in such a creative way that I, at least for me, I personally have never heard of multiverse, uh, I guess, rules or uh, it in the way that they told it in this movie. I think it was very creative. If they were to incorporate something like that into Loki, which at the end of the day is trying, is trying to appeal to a more uh, broader audience, try to appeal to as many people as possible. I feel like it maybe would not have hit as much uh, just compared to what people expect out of a Marvel property. But I'm glad that they turned down Loki because right here, they were able to go full reign. They were able to do what they want. Um, and and we got the film that we ended up getting, and I think it was fantastic. Um, I know uh, one thing that we haven't talked about is, I guess, the, the multiverse rules, right? How'd you guys feel about it? Were you able to keep up with it? I know it took, it took me a little, I, I probably understood it. I probably still don't understand it <laughs> about like the halfway point in the movie. Um, Cause what, right? So uh, Wademan, he, he's from the, uh, the he's from the, the alpha verse, which is, I guess the first or. Well, not the first it's uh, well, from what, again, I could be wrong from what I understood. That's just the universe where they discovered that they can, universe oh, hop jump okay jump okay right, right. and so, jumping is just embodying yourself in the next universe right right and you can take on the skills from all your cells from the other universes but one at a time and pending you have to do a very out of sorts and yes. unexpected like mm -hmm. oh <laughs> like that, that i'm glad they did i'm glad they did that was it no. was it only one at a time like could they only do it one at a time well no that was the thing they can only do one at a time but then she like um like joy did they said, I mean, specifically so that means that wasn't a, that wasn't an actual rule well no it was a rule and then it they discovered that they could do everything everywhere all at once i i think the rule was with you could only do one right but then what made uh evelyn's character so special which again adds to the comedy bit of the movie and a little bit of the the serious undertones um evelyn was not good at anything um she was as wademan described a failure in everything that she ever attempted but because of that failure because she was the the <laughs> the least impressive out of all the michelles and all the known uh multiverses um she could stack her skills from different universes i think that's what they were going for you know if you're not a master of anything you can absorb more knowledge and say jack of all trade master of none jack yeah. of all trade mm -hmm. and there we go wordplay and I feel like it fit the theme of, it was still hilarious how every time, I love the scene where in order to, what, use a riot shield in a fight, she slingshots herself to a universe where she's a sign twirler, yes, yes. How, why? I love it, but why? <laughs> why? Uh, Cause it's genius. That's like genius level thinking like, who would have thought that sign twirlers would have made great fight choreography? You know, it's just genius. It's in Big Hero Six, actually. Fred, 
was assigned to it. Oh, you're right. Fred did it. <laughs> However, Wait, I do what, what happened in Big Hero 6? Fred, he was a sign twirler when he put on that monster suit. Oh, right, 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 right. Right, yes. so. But I do want to point out that, like, I think the big word for this film, like, because this was, like, a very, like, philosophical film, actually, I think. Yeah, I, there yeah. was a very... Oh, yeah, for sure. Very specific, definitely. you know, they're pointing out, I think, two two ideas, right? And that is, the you know, nihilism, right? And then the absurd, right? And so I think nihilism... Oh gosh, I'm not the one. You know, if Kenneth was here, that'd be great, actually, because I'm sure he could actually really get into. Oh, we're not good enough. We're not good enough. However, I think well, you know, what I'll put here is that because everything, because they were saying like, you know, to get to these places, you have to do something that was like, like they were saying like so statistically improbable that it would slingshot you like to another to like, yeah, it's like it's so improbable that it will like slingshot you across the different paths to get to the point that you want to get to. Um, and I think, again, it just really reiterates the whole point of like, I think the end part of the film, right? And again, I think we're, I know we're going like um, very sequentially, but I think the biggest takeaway for me that like, I just, that completely resonates with me is how the phrase nothing matters changes. Like the meaning of that phrase absolutely means one thing in the beginning of the film and then means something completely different at the end of the film. And yeah. that is like dealing with the absurd, right? Because I think a nihilistic view, nothing matters means that like, well, like, you know, there is no point to like, like to certain things and like you should just kind of do whatever and there's no objective, all this stuff. And again, I'm not explaining, well, which Kenneth was around. But I think what's interesting is the absurdist take is very much like, there's more, it feels, at least from my understanding, the kind of the end, right? Is that like, you know, she's saying, even though all this stuff, right? Like, you know, I, I want to be with you and like nothing matters. Like, Two, again, the same phrase, completely different meanings in the nihilistic context of the absurd. And I think, yeah, the whole point of like the whole statistical improbability stuff and like how, again, this, the entire film, the word that to describe it is absurd, right? Because it's just like everything that happens, it's like, what is happening? But it's done so coherently. And I think, yeah, like I think it really captures the whole point at the end. Um, so I think, yeah, I just wanted to like kind of make that point about, um, you know, when we're thinking about all like the, the verse jumping and all the things that they did, I think again, there's a very strategic move here where it's like, it's all in the realm of quote, the absurd. I think too, there's an element of, I imagine we'll get to the bagel, but it very much seemed like the first half of the movie was focused on like this idea of like how the world would be destroyed or like this very, something that's much, that involves everybody but by the end it's more so personal in terms of like someone is very depression depressed and anxious about kind of their role in their life and the people that they're connected to that they're trying to destroy themselves um and i think even the daniels or one of them had had mentioned that that was purposeful as, as far as like taking it from something that feels very broad in terms of like life has no meaning and there is, you know, a lack of connection that we have, like, why, why do we care about all of these things that then shifts to, well, you know, I feel like I actually don't have meaning or connection to, to things based off of the experiences that I've had. So if I have no meaning, that means, well, if you fall under an existential theory, at least within psychology, the idea is that like, if I have no connection or meaning or understanding of my purpose in the world, then my, in I have an increase of anxiety and depression. Uh, and so I, I sort of saw that in terms of like the everything bagel and the relationship between mom and daughter as more so like taking it from this bigger, broader idea 
of like life has no meaning to I have no meaning because of this kind of disconnect within that particular relationship um, that ultimately leads to like, yes, potentially there is no meaning and it's hard to describe everything. And maybe we have no connection to everything that exists in the universe, but I have connection to you and I can be present in the moment and recognize what it is that feels purposeful or meaningful to me right now. Um, so little things that I got out of, out of the film too. No, I, I feel like that encapsulates uh, Jobu Tabaki's entire journey in the film. Uh, you know, cause what? She's a character originally from the Alphaverse and what was the deal? Her mom was forcing her to slingshot jump across multiple, like as many universes as possible, right? And it just broke her mind uh, to the point where now she, uh, I guess, lives every life she ever has all at the same time, if that makes sense. So like, and <laughs> kudos to the, I, I guess you call it the, the costume designers for the film. These were some bomb ass outfits that uh, Jobu was wearing in some of these scenes. And I like how many, how different they were every time. You blink and then bam, she's she she's like a, a pop singer now in, in, in an outfit. And then in another, she has this weird like green thing going on. Uh, I don't know. She was all over the place with her designs. I like them. They're going to be great. Those are Oscar nominations right there. I know it. But oh, um, I, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, what did you guys think about her character? Kind of, I guess, the arc that she went through uh, throughout the film. I guess from here, we, we can just go into, like, the rest of, like, part two and three in terms of, like, you know, people's journeys and everything. Like, what did you guys think about Jobu's journey? Or, I guess, Joy's. Well, I guess Joy and Jobu are two different characters. Yeah. Well, I think the whole thing was, you know, Joy could easily end up as Jobu Tabaki, you know, if she kept at it, you know, because for example, the whole beginning with her girlfriend and, you know, she introduced the girlfriend to Gong Gong as just a friend. And, you know, that that really, you know, uh, did not, that upset Joy, of course. And then when she mentioned it to Jobu Tabaki, you know, Jobu Tabaki was like, oh, she's still not accepting of my gay relationship or, you, uh, I, I think I'm remembering that correctly. That's it, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was like, out. yeah, it was basically like, um, you know, in the hallway, and she was like, "You, like, you're the reason why, you know, my daughter is gay." Yeah. And Joy, yeah. like, Jobu Tapaki, was like, out of everything right now, the right. thing you're caught up with is your daughter is gay. Which again goes goes into actually how like, you know, there's been a, I've been reading some things like. I think I read one review that discussed like watching everything ever all at once as a trans person. Like, what is that like? Um, and I, you know, I, I forgot exactly kind of like the, re like the review just talked about how it was really resonating the experience of watching this film and what it meant to be trans and kind of this whole thing of like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't like, really explain well the review and how it took. I just thought it was a really cool perspective to have. Um, but yeah, I think it was quite amusing. I do want to point, I, I personally think that like you have to say like, you have like, I see the whole thing though is like Jobu Tabaki and Joy are the same person at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, I was about and to say the same thing. They're not thing. two different people, right? It's just like I think you know what I liked, and when I think about how the cinematography—I don't know if that's the right word for it—but like 
how they portrayed it was that like everything was happening all at once and so like her going to the bagel and her running away to the car was kind of like the same thing right it's just like they're happening in the same yeah. like the same type of different universes but it's like the conversation she was having that would kind of like brought her back and they kind of had the hug moment was the same same thing as like her pulling her out of like the bagel and because again i think it was like the turn of like you know going towards just an absolute nihilistic view and going towards like no like pulling her away which again i think why yeah i think it's interesting because the whole point of like michelle doing the whole like i'm gonna burst jump everywhere so i cannot be everywhere at once right like she is the exact like quote foil i guess to joe butapaki and joy and i think yeah it's interesting kind of seeing how like she instead of turns instead of to the nihilistic view towards the bagel towards the meaningless stuff um she you know goes to the absurd which again goes to now yeah and i'm now connecting to the character of um waymond right because it's through waymond you know who says like be kind um oh, so and right. the googly eyes right and like realize that like god that quote where it's like listen I, like you know when it, it was famous evelyn um which was amazing that you know you realize too like how they used like real life flip cl clips of michelle Yeoh. they did use real yeah. life clips yes they and did so she basically had to act like act as like herself like as like what does it mean like you know i am a movie Hold on. star wait pause you said they use real life clips of michelle right. in, oh in... you mean in, when they flashed like her life like yeah, they, all, yeah. The okay. all the different all the different crazy rich asian like um, yes yeah Right, yeah, clip right. that okay. like, kind of used. It's, like, it's a blink, turned. you miss it. A blink, you miss it. Right. Yeah, um, and I think it was interesting because the the whole exchange there was women going like, "Listen, like honestly, I think I would have loved the life of just taxis and a laundromat." Um, yeah. and it uh, just yeah, yeah, that kind of is what brings. Um, that's what brings Michelle Yeoh's character Evelyn like back from the nihilistic view of like yeah, I'm being present. And I think yeah, Doctor Reed kind of explained this, but. I think yeah there is just i don't know i think i just started off with the whole oh this goes into the whole the gay and i'm sorry uh the whole gay part right of like out of everything like this like is what you're bothered about um i thought yeah that was so kind of fascinating i think from a queer perspective of like yeah you know sometimes it's like really odd to like watch these situations of like people just finding having the biggest issue with like queerness <laughs> like what <laughs> anyways go ahead please continue on. um grandmaster what parts were you not aware of? No, no, no. I again, I was never out for a prolonged period of time. Because we're kind of like in the middle portion I, of the I, film, so, so like, I don't know so, what parts you don't remember. No, no. I was just kind of in and out. So like a lot of the deeper conversations, I would catch either the beginning of them or the end of them. So for example, uh, movie Evelyn and movie Way Wayman, uh, I, I was there. I literally blinked and I missed the part where he said I would have liked that life with you. But like kept kept But it. you still got that sense though, right? Well, yeah, I got that sense and especially because too the whole Because he's the same I didn't mean to cut you off, but he's the I'll say this quickly is that the core of people it seems, no matter the universe, it's this core that is the same no matter what. And we see that a lot through Wayman, particularly, because he's kind no matter what version of it is him right at least towards you and no 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 that's perfect because that's what i was going to get at is that it's that movie wayman that opened up kind of how 
she was not recognizing all that Wayne, her Wayman was doing for her, you know? And then just kind of how she, you know, they show that scene where he's like so excited about showing the apartment, uh, so excited about showing the laundromat. And like uh, when they got the pregnancy announcement and she's just kind of, you know, just not that comfortable in her choice. And you can see it. And there's a lack of appreciation or whatever's going on as far as, you know, that pressure that Gong Gong put on her and just how it's not the ideal thing she pictured. But Wayman went above and beyond for her. And uh, it was in that movie conversations that she, I you know, like of y'all been saying is that she realized how good of a person he was. And when at, you know, at the towards the climax, when he's like, be kind, that's all that's all it really took. You know, it's just some kindness could go a long way to help their daughter from this other universe. You know, stop going guns a blazing and kicking ass. Just talk Although to her. Although those scenes were great. They were good. No, they, no, were, they cool. were, but it was like, just talk to her. Right. You know? So but, uh, I, I I still was able to grasp many things. The major the bits. Film. That's good. Yes. That's good. And I just say that... Um, Number one, this is such a mind-bending experience. Like it's a trip within itself, at least in my mind. And number two, the reason that it's so mind-bending, I've never seen anything like it, makes even me right now listening to this conversation as we try to somewhat like piece it together in a linear fashion, it's even making me confused because the film is just not, it's like linear and not linear to me at all. It just doesn't feel linear to me. I don't know how to quite explain that. Well, it's it because everything's linear. happening all at once. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. That's the point. Yeah, roll right? credits. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> it's a wrap. Well, by the end, no, it does. Yeah. In the beginning, but then, no, I, it's somewhat linear. But by the end, it's it's literally not linear at all. Not even close. No, I I, I agree. Um, and again, it goes into the wordplay of the title. Everything, everywhere, and then all at once. Um going back to the kindness of Wayman, I'm, I mean, the see, like you can, I'm surprised this guy has not been in acting for like 15, 20 odd years. He oh, did he a didn't phenomenal miss a job. He yeah. didn't miss a beat. I felt his kindness. You know, the fact that even, even the divorce papers, you know, he wasn't even trying to get a divorce. With, yeah. He wasn't uh, trying to get a divorce. Wife. He used it as a, a tactic that he thought would save their marriage, you know, because he heard through the grapevine. I, I, I think it was like some other friend of a friend that um, tried something similar and that's how they were able to save their marriage. So Wayman's like, hey, I, I sense that our marriage is falling apart. I don't want it to. So let me present this so that my wife, uh, you know, Evelyn can realize, hey, we're falling apart. We've got to fix this. And I don't know, man. I, what was, uh, does anyone remember like the line that he gave her um, in the uh, in in the famous Evelyn universe where I think she tried like coming on to him, but he said no. And it, it, it was something about kindness. I think we already talked about it a little bit. Um, where- That's the same one where um, I just mentioned about the, the line of, of laundry, right? Right, 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 right. Be fine, just doing like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought he said something else along the lines before he walked away. Um, again, this movie requires multiple watches. I, 
Well, it, it it's the whole point is that despite being all successful, I mean, they were both successful in that universe, that right. he would have, it wasn't about the success for him. It was always about her. He would have gladly accepted any life with her, you know, mm -hmm. and despite all his current success, he would give it all up, give it all up for her, which is what her Wayman did. So, it, I, yeah, it's that uh, cross universe. Oh, all Waymans are kind of the same. They're kind and they love Evelyn. Right. You know, it's the core of their character. What what point was um? I'm trying to remember what point was Evelyn at when they had that conversation. Was she Omni by then, or was she? Yeah, still... she was. Right, she was Omni, I think. So she was Omni. She was at the point where nothing matters, right? She was at the point where she was feeling. She's experiencing no, everything. She was experiencing. She was experiencing everything, but she was, I think, pu pulling out of the nihilistic view because she like almost like was like entered the bagel and was very like. I don't know. I think yeah. it was a point. It was the rock. Like, in, yeah, talk about the rock scene, right? Like the rock, was the rock, scene. The rock scene was twice. Genius. I love twice the when I because I've seen this movie twice, right? Both times, like my theater, like like just uh, like went in laughter because um, the absurdity. <laughs> but I think yeah, there was like a switch from like the rocks into all this stuff, uh, and I think it was like that conversation with Wayman was kind of like part of the switching for her of because I think this is after she stabs him, like oh my god, but this oh, is post Omni, right? This is when she's Omni, right? All at once, right? And so she's Omni, but like multiple all at once she like stabbed him in like the the action sequence she like did something in the laundromat that was like oh she signed the paper and just like yeah the, the divorce paper and smacks it on him right and i think he turned him just something happened and she broke and the window like, too right and yeah. so it was like that all happened at once and then it was like right after that i think that was the initiating of the conversation i think it was maybe that women who initiated almost like the backwards of like her going yeah. back, right? And him going, I would, I would have loved the chance, and then that, like kind of like yeah. be kind, and then real quick. So the last thing is that like, yeah, and then there's the whole action sequence of her engaging with everyone's like wants and needs, yes. right? So I keep thinking of the one where it's like they make her, um, this guy is like into BDSM, and so like she puts <laughs> the thing around his neck and smacks him and all this stuff um but again that, yeah that all came from the uh the the wayman kind of stuff go ahead uh rose oh no i only rose i appreciate that clarification because i only asked because i got i forgot for a second but at that point i believe she had was more on the lines of uh jobu's for you of nothing mattering um and at that point just doing whatever whatever she felt with with no kind of repercussion or feeling of regret for the consequences and then we get that scene happening all at once with Wayman and she kind of comes back to to this concept that y'all have already alluded to at the end of even with nothing mattering that actually flipping into you valuing certain things even more um and and really appreciating things a lot more so that came right at the tail end but there was something else that came to my mind when oh uh because Tangela just brought up the uh the scene of of fighting and at first she was hurting people but then then she was giving people what they wanted based on what she saw in other universes, which was really funny. Genius. Um, and genius, yeah. It's just genius. That's all I got to say about that. But I will say the irony is that eventually leads to the moment that she does have with her daughter. Because I think what I notice in their interactions is each time she would want to say 
basically something like I love you in that vein, it would come out as an insult. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that if you juxtapose that to her eventually learning, like I could just give people what they want. Like I could just say, I love you to my daughter. I could just tell her that like with her flaws, I still value her and she is worthy and I'm proud of her, et cetera, because she didn't receive that from her father, you know, generational trauma. Ooh, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> but so she didn't receive that from her father, like her wants her, the acceptance of like her life choices that I, I thought it was just really, really wonderful that what eventually leads to her having a better moment with her daughter was her actually just like, oh, I could just give people what it is that they're wanting to hear or whatever activity, et cetera, that aligns with who they are as a person and accepting them as a whole, just like she accepted, you know, the daughter and the daughter's girlfriend as well. Cause there was that element of, I think she had said something um, that I don't know, but it was like vaguely insulting, but it was the, the idea was like, you're accepted into this family because I'm now like insulted you in that way. And so it was the hair. It was yes. at the end and it was the hair is like, you need to, you need to cut your hair or something like, or grow out your hair. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they're just that, that way of communication. Like, oh, I actually can just like, I can just communicate openly with folks. I don't, I think it'll take a little bit more time for her, but I, I did think it was interesting that there was this like rigidity around like never giving in because that's what she didn't receive. So the map of her life looks like not being able to get the things that you want in the way that you want it and not being valued for trying for even wanting those things in the first place etc to actually changing her position um so i really really appreciated that part of the film yeah i think yeah the whole climax at the end i thought it was so i don't know again i have to rewatch it a third time and i just kind of wanted to pick apart the dialogue and the interactions right of like the last straw for jo uh, joy and there's a moment where like Evelyn just goes like, okay, go. She lets go of her in the bagel and lets her like kind of go to the car. But then she like turns around and there's a moment where she just like insults her more. <laughs> She's like, you know what? I don't like your hair. And I think you're this. And I think you're that. I think you're that. And Wayman's like, like, stop, that's enough. But then it's like, you know, Joy was like, let her finish. And then I think, yeah, there was like this like shift. And that's why it's like, I need to relook at this dialogue because it's like, I remember her like railing more on her daughter, but made it a point where it's like, I don't care. You know what? Yeah. And I, yeah, I think it's kind of like the acceptance of that, like, you know, I, these are the things that bother me, but I don't care. And this, this me trying to point this out is like, I love you regardless of all those imperfections. Okay. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a layer of the onion. I, I will, I will agree. <laughs> uh, this film requires a lot of viewings um, in a good way, in a good way. Uh, not necessarily like, oh, I don't really understand what's going on here. I need to watch this again to really get it. No, I feel like, you know, one watching, you understand it from one perspective, but upon a second watching, a third viewing, so on and so on, you start seeing things from a new perspective each time, I feel like. Um, and Tangelo clearly uh, showed that, like, you know, watching it, twice already but needs to go a third time and i i, I think it's even better that uh, each time you would watch it because you're going to notice something new every time yeah, um, yeah i want to just a really again very side thing about like queerness right is that like i am pretty sure because there's these shots where it's just like quick frames of different evelyn's across time i am pretty sure they put one shot of evelyn being yes. a trans mask 
I'm pretty trans. sure. Wait, there trans, was one like, like, uh, female to male? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um, where, yeah, it's just like, there's just very short hair and looks like mask. And I was like, oh my God, they did that. That is so amazing. Like, so yeah, I can't wait to, that, that, it's going to literally take me to go to like the DVD to like pause and just go yeah, slow motion. He was also in a relationship with an alternative version of Jamie Curtis's character as well. Deidre. Right? Was, fingers. Yeah, it was in the hot dog universe, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Which My is kind of weird because they ooze okay. mustard and ketchup. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. It was oh my. quite the watch. <laughs> Damn. Is that what happened? Was that like orgasmic? Yes. The, I, well, well, that's the thing. It was on you a TV screen. It, it was, on a, it was TV on a TV screen. screen so it's like, okay, yeah. well, well, what's appropriate in this universe? You know, like, what are they willing to show on television? I, what sold that scene for me is when they went back to 10,000 BC <laughs> and they showed the sausage primates <laughs> whooping the ass of the Homo sapiens. <laughs> I I love that. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. The sausage finger primates uh, became dominant. That makes sense. <laughs> Now I think, is there a deeper layer with that whole thing? I guarantee you there is because yeah. they could not carry anything normally. I think even um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, she couldn't carry her luggage when she was leaving. Played the piano um, with the feet. Yeah, she played, she played it with the, the feet. feet. She had the, the arm brace on, on her ankle instead. Um, it was it, it was great. It was great. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because I think that led into the whole like part where she started using her feet because she got like pinned down or something and she started using her feet yeah. for things mm -hmm. in kind yes. of the action sequence and i think yeah there was oh gosh there was something about that scene too that had to do with like love and acceptance um but again i i, I sure. it goes over my head i i have you to gotta like, watch it again redo that i definitely yeah. gotta watch it again um <laughs> When we were talking about um, the absurdity of how to make some of these jumps work, I immediately thought of the, the was it dildos? The pinkies? No. Oh, the, the, the butt fighting the butt plugs. The butt plugs. The butt plugs. Yeah. Let me tell you, look. Which as are the soon as I saw them, as soon as I saw them, I oh went, yeah, as soon as I saw, them, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's going in someone. Yeah. And they know they that just another, trying to land on Man, it. Man, they're full yeah, what on, a like, what a choreography. pounds of pressure. Right, choreography. That. Who thinks to add <laughs> butt plugs into some fight? A genius. Martial That's arts choreography. Him. Yeah, it, it was, was intense. Oh, it was so. <laughs> it was genius. Yes, it was so funny. I was like, no, don't let him do it. <laughs> don't really let him put it in there. The setup of that scene, right? Because they hit each other with the pipes. They don't know how to fight anymore. And I just remember, yeah, the cinematography, it, it just, you see their heads turn and it just slowly pans to the butt play. And there's just mm -hmm. like, there's no words. It's just everyone knows exactly what's about yeah. to happen. Which I think, you know, goes back to why, yeah, I think there's a closet, there's a the phrase I keep hearing about when it comes to like, what makes like really good art um, is like show don't tell. And I think, yeah, like this is one of those really big instances of that, like you, you know, Leo, we, we got the book plug in the beginning. A lot of people probably just like, you know, cause it, it makes sense with the IRS. Like that's kind of funny. Cause it's just like, you know why I have those? This is a deer jerk. It was like, I have those because I've seen a lot of shit. And it's kind of like funny. It's right like, oh, like that makes sense, right? right? But then like, you know, is it, they really like pivot, you know, they really made sure that it went full circle of like, oh, literally a full circle. Um, where, yeah, like at the end of the day, like, 
oh wait, this is something that's absurd that can be used for, again, this whole like bouncing thing. Um, gosh, such a great, yeah. The action choreography what, is just such an phenomenal. amazing, great job. Cinematography was phenomenal too. Dr. Yeah. Reed, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, just pointing out too, in, in terms of like, something I really appreciate about films that, whether they're indie films and whatnot, is like, the cre not only just like overall plot creativity, but it was really just in two locations, but like dressed up differently. Yep. So it's at the yeah. IRS office building thing, you know, different floors and whatnot. And then the laundromat. And sure, yeah. there's like the apartment, but that's above the laundromat. So there's really just two places that we're, they're really focusing on, but using the most of those different locations which I think kind of just goes to show the the planning, but the intentionality in terms of like the filmmakers who wrote and directed, I believe, right? Um, right, right. So just which was fleshed out. out. It feels like a real IRS uh, well, facility. Well, that, and that, that makes it a, a very good character piece. It's like, we don't need these grandiose sets. You know, we can tell this character driven story it's character driven we've deep yeah. dived oh yeah the themes oh, of it sure. all mm. but yeah it was like we don't need these huge set pieces let's make use of this irs building and make it about the people in here and they did a fantastic job <laughs> blown away I, I i i will also say um to build off the cinematography in the music piece as well uh mind bending but genre bending as well and it's just so many scenes where it's going through like multiple genres at once. Um, and I actually heard an interview slightly about one of the scenes and that was, was when um, Evelyn finds out that the divorce papers and that whole fiasco happens about the divorce papers. Um, meanwhile, the whole everything else is going on fiasco, but she's so locked in on these divorce papers that are coming from Raymond. And I believe, I believe it was a scene where like, she's like trying to focus on that, but they're in a truck trying to figure it out right beside where uh Raymond and uh she like hits her head on the steering wheel and then she's getting pulled out by Jamie Lee Curtis because she's trying to beat her up in another universe so like you see this crack and like everything this mess going on um but when that was happening like the lens was changing like the music was changing to fit different genres so that you kind of feel that emotion too so like when the fight's coming on it's more intense and then the lens is shifted to more of that um, I don't know if Sombra is the word, but more of that conflict when she's going through the seeing the divorce papers and everything. It's all happening like like that. Like, oh, like the scenes are just right. they're just changing the colors and the palettes of the scenes and the music of the scenes. Like and it just seems all it just, it just seems all flawless, like seamless. Um, but I'm like, why am I feeling stuff so much at once? I know it's not just because I see it, but like even with The Rock, like even with The Rock, I felt so much like it was probably one of the big like emotional moments for me personally, for some reason. And it's the way they structured the, well, it's, it's what I see in it as well, but it's the cinematography layer and the way they do the dialect and the lack of music as well at that particular scene that just builds this level of emotional roller coaster that you're switching in real time, like instantaneously, so. To me, that's an art form. Um, you gotta know what you're doing you have to know what you're doing and the fact that they were able to pull that off without it feeling disjointed or feeling like a mess because there are some movies that try to do that they barely struggle with two genres and and you can see it <laughs> you could you could visibly see it 
Uh, but this movie, I felt like struck a very good balance where like, like Rose was saying, um, between like comedy, action, uh, the drama, the emotions. Horror elements, even the, classic horror elements. Even classic horror too. elements. I yeah, felt you know, a little unease. I think I, you know, I think one of the things that helped, like that allows you to do that really well for this film I think is the compartmentalizing that you can like easily do with a multiverse, right? Mm. So it's like every verse was almost its own like genre. And so for us as a viewer, like when you switch the verses, you can almost like you automatically know this is a different vibe. And so it's like really easy, easy. I mean, again, what they did was really incredible, but I think it's interesting thinking as like the topical thing of multiverse like allows you to do things like this. Um, because yeah, like, like I mean, yeah, you're having like in intensity with like an action sequence and then intensity at the same time with drama about like getting a divorce and then like you know i, I there's a moment i swear around that around that same area scene where like you feel like really sad and it switches to like alpha women yeah and it just is like and then it just it's like it feels like I, don't know, I feel like for me, like I felt like disjointed, being like, "Wait, no, stop!" Like, no, 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 no. But like, I think because it's like, oh, Alpha Women, and like Alpha Women's been kind of funny and comedic in some ways. It's like, you know, you can kind of like jump to like a different mindset of like this different. And what's nice is that you got to recognize Evelyn's like really confused. Like <laughs> she's like, "Wait, no, I need to talk to no." <laughs> I I agree. Um... They did a good job at that. Yes. I just, I thought at many points, I was like, no, please keep talking. You're right. I, 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 like, especially in the beginning, too, finally getting some details. And then he's like, I gotta go. No, and, where are you going? Please. Right. No, I agree. But again, it's, they did a phenomenal job telling their story. Um, do we think, I feel like it's a perfect timing for the moment this film released. We have what, two weeks, three weeks until until Doctor Strange and the <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. I loved how they handle handled multiverses in here. I might go in with higher expectations for Doctor Strange. I, I'm just saying that this is kind of my standards has kind of increased from here. This was an ingenious way to tell a multiverse story. I mean. And, if they're gonna connect all the Michelle Yeoh films together <laughs> in one multiverse, and then they were always building this Michelle Yeoh Michelle Yeoh cinematic universe, and we just didn't know, then yes, they did a great job. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna do a direct comparison with Doc Strange, but you know, uh, <laughs> this is a very standalone film. They got their multiverse. They made it very. Uh, easy to understand i think um i guess the only thing dr strange needs to make sense is make it make sense Poetic. again unfair Poetic. comparison but you know <laughs> you know what i think okay this is super i don't know i think i'm gonna really this is like going really in the deep end of like theorizing or just thinking about like i don't know art and culture and like a, as a whole of how i think what's fascinating is when we're thinking about time in time travel, it's interesting how like throughout time, right? Like we've had different conceptualizations of time travel. And I think it's super fascinating to see how like, there's like back to the future sci-fi, like time travel. 
And we're entering this new era of like, from Interstellar, even Interstellar, right? That counts in some way is like a multiverse slash like, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> Um, which I don't know. Did you just put your thumbs down for Interstellar? Like it's okay. Just keep going. Keep going. It's okay. I'm like scared. It's, it's, okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And then you know now you have again this, and then the way that they're handling um, even like in Marvel, I, you know I'm trying to bring this up in the sense like you know with more scientific kind of like exploration in the future and how we understand time and space. Like I'm so curious to see what type of sci-fi comes out of that. Because, you know, this idea of multiverse and stuff like that, that does stem actually from somewhat of real, like, you know, the real idea of, like, physics and what happens with superpositions and, like, and I keep, I, I keep thinking about that. The one experiment they did, the the, la the slit. I don't know if you ever heard about this experiment, right? The the laser and they, like, shine a light through a slit. And the whole point oh, of, right, like, right. that experiment, right, is, like, they couldn't really ever, like, like predict, like, where, like, the light photons are, like, going. And it's kind of like a really scary thing in physics where we talk about, where, where people talk about, it's like, yeah, it's like, we're, that's like the edge of knowledge of like, how does the way, how does the world work? Um, and again, who knows 20, 30 years from now, if we'll have like better answers uh, of understanding all that stuff. So, and again, we're going to see that, you know what I'm saying? Like permeate and hit arts and culture as well. So, you know, know, funny that you mentioned that I do, I do see a little bit of a shift to Hollywood stories trying to get garnered more towards multiverse, uh, I guess, stories that they're trying to interwove into their uh, their movies. The hot topic for the last 10 years was always time travel. If there was a sci-fi element, they always tried to tell a, a time travel-esque story. And we kind of saw it with Interstellar. I feel like it kind of peaked with Interstellar in terms of like time travel shenanigans. Grandmaster might disagree. I give that a thumbs up. You better... Do you count Tenet as time travel? Oh, Tenet is cool. the very is that time travel too. You should. That is actually well, time travel. That's for sure. They, yeah. They okay. flip. They flip. They flip the time travel concept to make it. It's it, time. They are starting. Tenet was very good. I like Tenet. Thank There's, you. But they are. Uh, yes, I'm a Christopher Nolan stand. It's okay. Are you though? I can be critical of. I love Dunkirk. People don't like Dunkirk. Who doesn't um, like Dunkirk? Who don't Dunkirk like Interstellar? Some people. Do, uh, listen, I got my. I have my thing against Matthew McConaughey, but yes. <laughs> oh. And, okay. and, and, and Hathaway, actually, I don't. Oh God, here we go. You need to um, tell them you love them both. Relax. You need to find them and tell them you love we'll, them both. We'll revisit this when Oppenheimer comes out. Yeah, yeah. This. Needs oh to... God, the movie that has everybody in it, Josh. Peck is in a Christopher Nolan movie. Josh this is Peck? We've lost him. We've this lost is, him. Uh, right. don't have the defense. What are you Let doing? me bring it back. This is not the multiverse where you right. start talking about I, Chris Nolan. Movie. I like the multiverse <laughs> concept. I like shows. I like. I love this movie. I'm excited for Doctor Strange. Stranger Things is coming back, which is also an interdimensional type of thing that the more we talked about, I realized, oh my gosh, Stranger Things is like that. The whole upside down is a parallel universe to their world and it's okay i love that hollywood is doing more things with this um they're doing a lot of this and they're doing a lot of the um the loops you know when people get caught up in the loops and they they keep dying and they keep like a groundhog day thing yeah, yeah yeah that one's kind of running its oh, course yeah it, that it one is. Ran. <laughs> that, like that tom cruise movie uh yes die, just like repeat. end of tomorrow edge of tomorrow yeah, yeah. oh yeah it got tomorrow, changed yeah. to live really die by the way. Which one? Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, right. It was very good. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. 
I appreciate Hollywood pushing and just doing different things. This movie was so different from what we're used to. And uh, shout out to them for just telling another, you know, kind of Asian-led story. Uh, I feel we're, again, we're seeing a lot of more minority stories, which or, or like minority actors and leads. And I really like that. This could have easily been Tom Cruise in a movie. Oh, you know? no. Yeah. Tom Cruise in this, <laughs> this kind of this, movie. Okay, this could have been Julia Roberts. This could have been Julia Roberts. I could see Julia Roberts. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't yes, know. I'd rather see Michelle Yeoh. I'd rather see Jonathan, um, a.k.a. Short Round. I'd rather see. I love James Hong. James Hong is a prolific voice actor. I love seeing him in live action. I love that guy. So I really appreciate everything this movie did. I Even if say, I weren't awake for it all. And I think there is, like, yeah, yeah, I could imagine someone has to be writing people at this soon about how, like, you know, I think we're facing an issue in the Asian American community that I'm curious to see it be faced right now where it's like, our Asian representation, like, because Asian is very homogenous, right? There's so much within the world Asian, right? And so I feel like we're seeing a lot of, like, Malaysian, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, I mean, yeah, Tokyo Vice, geez, like that's on HBO Max right now, right? Um, that's again, like, yes, you have Ansel Elgort and all this stuff, but the Ken, what's the, what oh gosh, Ken Watanabe, Watanabe, right? Um, but we're not seeing like, Indi like, have it, have, could you name one Indonesian like star or like one like Filipino, In Indonesian like, tequila, tequila, other than well, Filipino is actually kind of becoming a thing, right? I, you know, I don't know his name. But Don't he laugh, was Rose. in, um, oh my God, I love this movie. The Riot? Is it The Riot? Oh, Eco. Eco. Is it Eco? His name? Yeah, that's his first name. Okay. I love the guy and everything he's in almost, and I can't it's remember really his good. name. But that that's the my, my go-to um, Indonesian actor. Yeah. He was great in The Riot. The Riot's a great movie. Go watch that. All takes but, place yeah, in a motel great. room, but yeah. I just think, yeah, there's, I think there's going to be a lot of conversations and because I think, yeah, we're starting to feel this vibe of like, okay, Asians are just starting to rock it. Like, or they've been rocking it, but it's like, we are really getting more opportunities and stuff like that. But then now there's the whole question of like, okay, within the Asian community, let's talk about the fact of like, who are like, what Asians are getting roles and the stories being told and how might that be accidentally homogenizing our narratives? Because like Ryan the Last Dragon, I think was a huge like issue kind of with that where it's like okay we're thankful but also it's like you know they didn't really do the greatest of jobs of really kind of like showcasing culture because they kind of just like threw everything together uh and all that stuff so i don't know i think that's something to be said regarding the critique of like the excitement of the asian american kind of narrative that's happening um but also again i'm, I'm thankful like i'm gonna take what we can get that's you know that's what a lot of us also this film was great right Simple the film was that. great <laughs> um I'm looking forward to anything else this duo has to give us in cinema. Uh, and I think they were also involved with television, if I'm not mistaken. I think they did like one thing in television. Um, I would have to look it up. You're talking know. about the dance? The dance. You do know, yeah. also, the Russo brothers, I think, produced this movie. They did <laughs> produce it. They did. they did. Yeah, that's why I said Marvel Sprinkles. Oh, Marvel Sprinkles. Because the, 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 the Russos recognize real. R is for Russo. R is for real. 
R, R is for yes. correct. Right. R is for ratatouille. Ratatouille. We didn't talk about ratatouille. I was just gonna let that be my final thoughts. I don't. Give I feel me. like we're near the fi- final thoughts, and I was just gonna let that be my final thought. But we could talk about. We need to it talk too. about the bagel, man. We need to talk about the bagel. Bagel. Everything. Bagel. Bagel. What? We talked about everything this whole time. It's an everything bagel, because everything everywhere. Yes. <laughs> all at once, you eat an everything bagel. You're experiencing all these flavors all at once. And that was what Joe Boo said it was. You know, it was a piece of everything from all the known multiverse. Right, right. Compass. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a level of connectivity. Uh, Hence the circle, right? Infinite. Ah. Exactly. I, if I was in charge of this, I would have used an onion because an onion is also (laughs) circular and it has layers and you can, there's a lot you could do with an onion, but everything bagel, fine whatever (laughs) i'm sure it's applicable Um, it works but i guess for the last bit before we wrap up uh favorite universe rakakuni i love it it's it's ingenious i loved it i thought they were not going to do anything with it they did (laughs) they did it's it's just genius because they set up the joke in the beginning of the movie and it's a simple joke no, like nothing to build well, it's, up. It's off actually, of. yeah, it's not even a joke. It's just she got it wrong. She's like, I thought that movie was about a raccoon. No, it's about a rat. Hence the name Ratatouille. And then come second to third act transition. Here is the freaking chef with the raccoon. And he's alive. It's not a movie. Hilarious. And she points. I think she's like, raccoonie. Like there's a moment. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> She does. I, it well, all the- ties into her character too. It just it ties into her character de- development and art. Because remember, she tells on she tells on him first, and he's outside crying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. And, then, and then the end is she allows like she like he sits jumps on, on top him. of her head. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then he sits on her head. Then she throws them off. Jeez. <laughs> oh my god! It, it starts fighting for her, doesn't it? Doesn't it start yes. fighting for her? Oh yes. Yes. Gosh. Come on, man. That is so funny. Oh, it was good. Oh, best. That's my. Yeah, that's the fave universe. Okay. No, that's just the definitive everything. It's my favorite part. I I know it's a beautiful story with layers and themes, but God, I walk away from that with that. And here we are. Um, I think it's amazing how like you really, I don't know. Some people, I've read some people are like, oh, this movie's predictable. But like, there's a level of like, you know, they threw the Rakakuni and you kind of just go like, LOL, that's funny. Like, she just messed up. But then, like, it, it just, I think what was so great, everyone loved about it, is that, like, and going back to, like, this movie is so absurd that, like, you know, that was given. And you're kind of like, oh, we should have saw that coming. But, like, most people probably didn't think of, like, oh, they're going to have a Rakakuni bit. Um, but lo and, behold, lo and behold, yeah, they do it. And I think, yeah, I think a part of the, yeah, the whole reason why we loved it is because, like, it is something that's quite expected, but like we kind of didn't expect it in the end, you know? No, I <laughs> easily top top three, top three best moments in the film. Um, any any other final thoughts before we wrap up? I feel like we covered most of everything um with the film. Uh sausage fingers, great the rocks, the rocks, um, the butt plug. Everyone likes the the butt plug scene. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we got it. Overall, great film. Uh, if uh, We're assuming if our listeners have listened this far in, you likely have already seen the movie. Hopefully, please. Uh, and if you haven't, <laughs> I kind of hate you right now. But no, I don't hate you. Go watch it still. It's a great movie. Um, and let us know what you think. You know, what is your favorite scene? What is your favorite uh, multiverse Evelyn? Um, did you like the concept of the bagel? Did you like the concept of the raccoon and raccoonie? What were your overall thoughts of this film? Because this is going to require, I have to see this at least another time. Um, because it's, it's a really good movie. I'm probably going to see this with a couple friends, maybe family members that are into this. Um, and yeah, this is going to be a film that I think people are going to talk about for a while. And that's a good thing. I'm glad that a film like this is getting the recognition that it deserves uh, right now. And uh, who knows? We might, maybe we'll see it at the Oscars next year. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But that, I think, wraps up everything we have to say here at the Yonko table, folks. Let us know what you think on social media. We're on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at the Yonko table. Let us know your thoughts on the film. Give us a like, give us a shout out, and let us know what you think. But with that, everyone, I'm your Yonko host, Dr. Jace Attorney, fellow Yonko Grandmaster Hoop, and Supernova's Rose the Crafter, Dr. Rika, and Tangelo. Signing off, guys, and take care. <laughs>